Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The other side of the glass is on. Oh, my God. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Well... Not the start the dogs were hoping for. I'm going to with about five and a half minutes left in the first quarter, and it appears that Carson Beck has just thrown an interception. They're waiting to confirm it on the field. So once again, another slow start for the Bulldog offense, and all of the critics and haters will be out in full force because this team has once again not gotten the job done during the early going of a game. I'll keep you posted on what happens, but again, it looks like Carson Beck has thrown an interception. They are reviewing it on the field. All right, Dom, before we get to a producer six-pack, I'm really mad at myself because I want to hate on this person. Mm-hmm. I would never say I hate the person because hate's a strong word. Right. I want to hate on this person so badly Okay. because – They are the opposite of everything I stand for, the way I live my life, and basically everything I think that's wrong with this country. That's (laughs) strong. (laughs) When I tell you the person, I think it'll make sense. Got you. The person is Kim Kardashian. Okay. And she is co-starring in the newest season of American Horror Story. Yes, she is. And through the first two episodes... I actually think she's done a pretty good job. She's been solid? Yeah. And I hate to say that. I don't (laughs) want to say that. I want to say that she's awful. She's, you know, stilted and she's awkward and Mm -hmm. she doesn't, you know, she's not an actress. So, you know, she's an actress in some. Some, In some. Some some viewing (laughs) formats, but but not a traditional actress. So for her to just sort of step in there and be pretty good. In, in the scenes that she's in, she's mm-hmm. done a lot of one-on-one scenes with Emma Roberts, who's the yeah. star of the season. She's taken over the mantle as sort of the American horror story queen of mm-hmm. the last few seasons. And, yeah, Dom, she's been pretty good. So let me ask you this. Is she as good as Lady Gaga was in her season? Because Lady Gaga was phenomenal. Very different. Because in this... So her character is an agent, mm-hmm. and Emma Roberts, Emma Roberts' character is a movie star. Okay. And she doesn't, so far, there's only been two episodes. Yeah. But so far, through the first two episodes, her character doesn't 
have anything to do with the supernatural elements of the season just yet. yet. Okay. Okay. So she's been playing it pretty straight laced and her scenes are not about the goings on of the of the supernatural elements of the season. So we'll see. But again, through the first two episodes, man. Okay. I- I'm mad at myself because I don't <laughs> want to like her. I don't want to say that I think she's doing a good job. I mean, she's obviously very attractive and made a hell of a career out of herself and billionaire and all that, but I don't like that stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah, like yeah, reality yeah. TV. I don't like the, you know, the forced nature of what that family has done and what they've become and how they've, you know, sort of become the the standard like royalty almost of of America, the first family of America is the Kardashians. <laughs> that's awful. But, but that's but that's what it is. I mean, they have more social media influence than like anyone on the planet. Yeah. If you combine all of their yeah. accounts, you know, they, they're everywhere. TV commercials, you know, internet posts and memes and every. I mean, music videos. You get Kylie Jenner and the Watt mm-hmm. video, and that yep. breaks the internet. I mean. Again, but, like, what the family stands for and their principles <laughs> and everything behind that, like, grosses me out. Yeah. But, but, I will say, Kim K, she's she's kind of killing it yeah. on American Horror Story, okay. as begrudgingly as I say that. <laughs> so, if you, guys, if you guys have somebody out there that you feel that way about, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up on Twitter at CThomasRadio or text us at... 404-726-0929. Is there an athlete, a celebrity, somebody that, you know, you, you may not like them, but you're, you're forced to respect them. You're, you respect their work, either because they play on the team that you root against or if you're like me, you just don't like the situation that the person yeah. is in and whatever. So for me, it's become Kim Kardashian. If you have somebody like that, let me know at C Thomas Radio or 404-726-0929. All right, without further ado... Time for a six-pack. Time for the producer six-pack on the other side of the glass. Six questions. Six questions. Six chances to produce greatness. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Ooh, we. All righty. I haven't done one of these in a while. All right. Oh, I'm happy to be back. I was going to say, this is the first time that you and I have done a full show in a minute. Well, together. you know, the thing is, I haven't done a tradition. So this, this, for those who listen every week, you guys know, but. This is right around my traditional time yeah. slot on Saturdays. Between, I'd say between 2 and 6 is mm-hmm. usually around where I get started, somewhere in between then. But the last few weeks, we've been airing some college football on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, as we will be when I get off the air. But th- they've been the early games, yeah. so they have yeah. impacted my start time slash even having a show at all mm-hmm. on Saturdays. So this is the first Saturday in, a, in probably close to a month that I've been on at this regular time. So it's, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. For me, too. It's yeah. <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> All righty. Well, first question here. Um, the NBA is not too far away. Basketball is right around the corner, and we got a big update in basketball news, obviously, with sure Damian Lillard getting traded. Um, however, the part of this that I want to focus on is how it affects the Atlanta Hawks. I was a big, big proponent of DeAndre Ayton being a guy that the Fal- or not the Falcons, the Hawks went out and make a trade for. Obviously, that's not going to happen now that he has been traded to Portland. Um, my question to you, with everything that has gone, and it's a question that I, I, I already know the answer to, um, how would you grade, just based off of what has happened this offseason since the offseason is essentially coming to an end now, 
what do you give the Hawks grade for this offseason? Well, we will talk to our buddy Caleb Johnson at the bottom of the hour about this very thing. And, I mean, it's an F, man. I mean, how could it be anything? Yeah. And I'm not saying that to, you know, make a, a hot take or, you know, to get people angry or to call into the show. It's just, you know, like almost like a father. I'm like, when I look at the Hawks, I'm like, I'm not mad, but I'm just, I'm, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. Yep. I'm really disappointed in you guys. From from And listen, the book is not closed. Things aren't done. Things can happen. Maybe at the trade deadline, if they're doing well, they go out and do a blockbuster move. But when you're running it back with the exact same team minus a guy that gave you 14 points a game, how could it be anything else but? Like, we, we were all – like, it was, like, kind of funny for a while at first. It was like, okay, they finally moved on from John Collins. And here's six guys that I think they could bring in to replace him. And then that guy signed. And then that guy signed. And then that guy signed. And now it's like – all right, well, we still got one or two big fish. Maybe it's DeAndre Ayton. Maybe it's Carl Anthony Towns. And then Ayton goes. And now we're all sitting here like, ha, that was funny, right? <laughs> uh, okay, the season starts in like less than a month. And uh, training camp starts like now. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're yeah. doing this, huh, guys? Yep, we're is... really, you know, we, we squeaked into the play-in last year. And we're bringing back a team – that's worse than the team from last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, Dom, that's really unfortunately why it's gotta be an F. Again, it's not I'm not screaming and yelling about it, yeah. but it's just it is what it is. I mean, the team clearly made a decision and they're sticking with it, and I guess they feel that's what's best for the direction of the franchise, but I don't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, next question. Alrighty, so going back to the Desmond Ritter conversation, I actually want to see how you feel it would affect Arthur Smith. If Desmond Ritter fails this year and the Falcons miss the playoffs, is Arthur Smith on the hot seat? Yeah. I mean, he's got he, – he has to be. He sank his whole, uh, you know, commitment into Desmond Ritter this year. That's why that was such a big decision. That And there was – to have no competition during training camp? I mean... Don't play him at all in the preseason. <laughs> I mean, and, and to see marginal at best results so far? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, yeah, if the Falcons aren't competing for a playoff spot and they don't they don't at least improve by two or three wins from last year, how could he not be on the hot seat? I, the plan I, didn't work. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, like if the Falcons finish, like, 7-10 and 10 this year and Desmond Ritter just isn't the guy, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually move on from him. I don't think they would do it after this year. I think it would be after next year. You think he'd get one more year? One more year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think one more year with a different quarterback, and then if that doesn't work. Then, then, it's, then it's By up. the way, <clears throat> dogs now down 10 nothing against Auburn, still in the first quarter. Um, anytime this team wants to start scoring points in the first quarter, you can just – Go ahead and start doing that. Yeah, please would be thanks. cool. Next question. All righty. So big news this week uh, in football. DeMar Hamlin is going to be making his first not only start but appearance in an NFL game this year. Uh, with this start, uh, is he basically a lock to win comeback player of the year? Uh, I'm going to say no. And I hate to put really? it this way. 
But I think the DeMar Hamlin thing is sort of like kind of done. Like in terms of in terms of the national narrative and all the focus and all the spotlight being on him, he'll de- it'll definitely get some play this week mm-hmm. because he's coming back and it's it's um, it's important and it's dramatic. Yes. But he was a healthy scratch. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, DeMar Hamlin was not a star by any means. He was for the most like he was he was a special teams player on the on that Buffalo Bills for the most part. So obviously what happened to him, we all care uh, because we're all human. But, you know, I, I I I am of the mindset that as long as he made just an appearance in a game, he was probably going to win comeback player of the year. I felt like he was kind of just the shoe in to win that. Yeah. But again, I think the NFL would do that to try to capitalize on his moment, yeah, true, and true. I just and I just think the moment's over. So who who wins it over him? Uh, As of right now, with three uh, weeks into my, the season, my pick was Russell Wilson. <laughs> okay, still got a chance for that. It's week three. <laughs> yeah, it's, still got it's, a chance. It's not over yet. They'll get a win this week. They're playing the Bears. The Bears suck. Uh, yeah. Um. Could it be Kyle Pitts? Maybe, maybe. If we can we cross our fingers <laughs> and hope that for the next fourteen weeks he goes out and does what we all hope that he can do. Right. I'm gonna be positive. Let's see. You know what? Dang Kyle it. Pitts. Kyle On a Pitts beautiful Kyle. Saturday in okay. Atlanta at four fifteen in the afternoon with the dogs down ten nothing in the first <laughs> quarter. Kyle Pitts is the spotlight here. Comeback player of the year. All right. Let's get through these next three. All right. So as of right now, the Braves are sitting at three hundred and three home runs for the season. The record for most home runs in a single season by a team is held by the Minnesota Twins. Yes, yes, yes. 2019. 2019, they had 307. The Braves have two games. Do they catch him? What's the Braves number right now? 303. They need four more home runs. Four more home runs. Well, four to tie, five to break. Five in the next two games? Yes. The Nationals are pretty bad. You know what? Again. 4.15, (laughs) Four fifteen, <laughs> positive dogs down ten. Let's do it on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. They hit three today and two tomorrow to take the lead on the last day of the season. Why not put a nice little ice cream cone cap on the season? You Absolutely. All right, we got two questions here. I'm going to run through them really quickly. Um, I absolutely hate that all of sports media is treating this. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing so seriously and that it seems to be everything, like it's everywhere. It's all that any other sports entertainment media wants to talk about. I don't really want ESPN talking to me about Taylor Swift. If I want that, I'll go to E! News. Are you as tired of hearing about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift as I am? Yeah, I mean, I just don't care. So thank you. I don't I don't I don't like (laughs) look for it. I don't absorb it. Like it, it comes across my timeline you know, I heard shows and like, the, especially like debate shows and other shows that I listen to talking about like breaking it down. Like, is it real? Is it I've, fake? There, like, there, there have been shows that dedicated like ten minutes of their A block to Travis Kelsey yeah, and Taylor and Swift. I just, I just don't care. I mean, he's a good looking guy. She's a good looking girl. They're both super famous, super rich. They'd make beautiful babies together if, if it's real. <laughs> good for them. If it's not. Then they're doing what thousands of other athletes and celebrities have done before, just yep. clout chase and try to gain fame. And you know what? Good for them, too. If I could have 700 million <laughs> Twitter followers, I would enjoy that as well. So good for them. But do I care? No. no. All right. Last question. All right. So this one, I kind of actually I'm going to take 
well, well, we'll roll with it. There are four guys, four comedians that I have here. And I know that you are not a big fan of Adam Sandler or Will Ferrell at, per our last time that we, uh, we spoke on air. This is true. So my question to you here, I'm going to give you four guys, and I saw this on Twitter, and you have to pick one that has to go in all of their movies. Seth Rogen, Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell. One has to go. It's not close. It's Adam Sandler. I mean, okay. He's just, okay. He's, he's, okay. Just, he's just not funny. So here's here was my thing, because I was a little upset when I first saw this tweet, because I saw someone be like, oh, it's Jim Carrey easily. And I'm like, excuse me? No. Excuse me? Jim Carrey might be the best. Yeah, I would say Jim Carrey probably has the best catalog out of all of them. No. No, 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 no. It's, it's Adam Sandler, and I know... Come at me, see Thomas Radio. The Water Boy's so funny. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Go a good back movie. and watch it now. <laughs> Happy Gilmore, outside of two scenes with Bob Barker and Shooter McGavin, is not a funny movie. They are so dumb. Ugh. Not funny. Jim Carrey, funny. Seth Rogen, funny. All right. When we get back, let's hear from some of our Falcons. You've heard from me yapping about them a lot. Let's hear what they actually have to say you'll hear from Clay's Campbell, Arthur Smith, and more. What are they saying about London? You'll find out next. Sports Radio 99 the game. Obviously, yeah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The other side of the glass is on. Oh, my God. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, Georgia fans can relax a little bit. Looks like they're going to go ahead and try to punch one in here. They are pretty much at the goal line of Auburn as they look to make this game, hopefully if they can score, 10-7. to But another slow start for the Dogs, unfortunately, um, as this has just been a recurring theme throughout the season. And even going back to last year, there was a lot of slow starts too. So you definitely don't want that becoming a narrative, but Kirby Smart will – Send his guys out week in and week out as prepared as they can be. And it looks like they will knock this one in. So looks like it'll be 10-7 pending the extra kick. And we'll see what the dogs can do. I mean, we knew that Auburn was going to be a test for this team. We knew that Auburn wasn't just going to lay down. They're, you know, they're not one of the best teams in the SEC, but they're definitely not one of the worst. They've gotten off to a pretty good start this year. And, you know, Hugh Freeze for all of his gifts that he's given to the college football world in terms of memes and hospital beds of the like. But, you know, he's a good coach, and he has this team ready to go clearly early on as they had a 10 nothing lead, which is now 10-7. to 
All right. Desmond Ritter. I mean, we started the show talking about this, and if you didn't get in on the phone lines before, I'll open them back up here. I have a couple more minutes to take a couple of your calls before we welcome in Caleb Johnson to talk about the Hawks and their future. 404-726-0929. I started the show by saying this, and I'll repeat it again here for those who missed it. My concern for Desmond Ritter and the Falcons offense is that his growth and development is not at the same level of where the rest of the team is right now. A team with playoff implications, a team with division-winning implications, cannot be strapped by their quarterback. And so far, two out of the three games, his stats and his play on the field have not been at an acceptable level for a team that's trying to win a playoff game. Not go to the Super Bowl to win a playoff game for the first time since 2017. It is critically important that Desmond Ritter and the offensive line pick up their production. We'll see what happens in Jacksonville tomorrow morning. Do I expect them to win the game? I don't know. Do I think they can? Absolutely. But I wouldn't say I expect them to win this game. But what's even more important to me than that is how Desmond Ritter looks and how the offensive line looks. So my question at the beginning of the show, and we took a bunch of phone calls at 404-726-0929, was how long do you let it go if Ritter continues to struggle? At what point do his struggles at the detriment of the team become so great that you can't roll him out there anymore? Or do you say, it was always going to be Des this season and I don't feel any different now? He's had some good moments, he's had some bad moments, and we're going to let it ride. We're riding with QB1. I just don't agree with that. I just think there's a hard stop moment that will come at some point where you need to say, we need to do what's best for this team and best for this franchise. And if that's putting in Taylor Heineke, then that's what it is. And I have no problem with that decision because, again, I said it before earlier in the show, if you have to sit Desmond Ritter down for a bit to let him regroup and watch a veteran lead an offense and he can't handle that, then he's not your guy. He's not the guy anyway. And for those who have brought up the Peyton Manning element, it's just not the same. I know Dom and I were talking about this earlier in the show. You can't make the argument that Peyton Manning in his rookie season and Desmond Ritter are in the same situation. They're just not. here. It, it's so different. Here's, here's what I want people to understand. If you're going to talk sports, if you're going to talk, if you're going to talk anything, if – the point that you're trying to make involves one of the greatest of all time, or if it's something where you are trying to make a point based upon the outlier or the exceptions to the rule, then you don't need to make that point. Stop trying to make this, oh, well, Manning threw all of these interceptions, and he, Peyton Manning was a first-round pick. He was a highly valued commodity coming out of college. Desmond Ritter was a third-round pick for a reason. People didn't believe he could be a starter in the NFL. People believed Peyton Manning could. That team was in a completely different place than where the Falcons are right now when he got drafted to the Colts. Please stop bringing up Peyton Manning. Yeah. Please. No, I agree 100%. It's just not It's not an applicable argument. It's not something that you can say Desmond Ritter and Peyton Manning are in the same place, so it's okay to let Desmond Ritter struggle. Desmond Ritter can't struggle through this season, guys. It's just not going to work. The Falcons are not going to be in a position to win the NFC South 
and they're certainly not going to be in a position to go out there and win a playoff game. And to me, that by far a thousand times over trumps the growth and development of Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter was a third-round pick, and he's not making any money. You're not tied to him long-term, as Joe Patrick said earlier in the show. There's nothing there. You can let him go. He, he's a great guy. I've had great interactions with him so far when I met him at, at training camp. It has nothing to do with him as a person. It's all about the player that he is on the field. You either can play in this league or you can't. And you, especially at quarterback, you're going to get exposed very quickly. And that's what I'm concerned with. So if you didn't get in before, got a couple minutes here, 404-726-0929. All right, Dom, let's hear from Coach on the development of Ritter. This was the key quote for me that came out of the Dukes and Bell interview from this past week. I mean, there's a lot of variables into it as a team. And where we're at, the reality is, you know, we're 2-1. Right. You want to be 3-0. and You want to win every game, clearly. What's working? How's it going? Development. You know, are we are we doing things that reckless? You know, turning the ball over a lot. Are we are we making critical plays? You know, these are all arguments. How you want to mash up the stats? So he it's seven starts, right? Four and three. Seven. Yeah. Right. One four in a row. We'll see how he responds. But again, we got a lot of faith and conviction on him. It's so early in his career, and you see this all the time. People overreact. You're talking about quarterbacks. People forget that Peyton broke the interception record. Then it became Peyton. People forget about Brady when he was in New England. That's a very different iteration of what that team was. Solid football, and then all of a sudden, after a couple of years, clearly they won a couple of Super Bowls, and then they started winning around him and because of him. And you look at that 07, I still maintain that's the most explosive offense I've ever seen. I was in Washington as a quality control. We were a playoff team. We were on the other end of the one. We were on the end of the ugly nights. <laughs> But that's the evolution of a player and those rep counts. And so it's so early. But everything now wants to overreact. There's so many things that can happen. And there's so many things you need to provide. And and a lot of others on the player, too, to to have success in this league. Yeah, you had to bring up Peyton, didn't you, Coach? Uh, I understand what he's saying, guys. I get it. I do. They believe in him as an organization. They believe in the player and they believe in the person. And that's fine. But... When the results aren't there in a results-oriented game, in a results-oriented business, it needs to be held accountable. It needs to be taken a task. It needs to be corrected. It needs to be a situation that the team can be in a position to win these games and not score six points like they did last week. You, you can't have it. This team is trying to make the playoffs. This team is trying to get out from under what was three miserable seasons in a row of cap hell and moving on from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and moving on from other key players, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal, guys that were stalwarts on that Super Bowl team. That era, that regime, that that page has been completely turned. This is an entirely different organization now. But, but, if you're not winning, what does it matter? You could have all the good coach speak and all the right atmosphere and all the good vibes and say all the right things, but if you get your ass kicked by the Lions and then the Jags and then the Texans and then the Commanders, you got to look in the mirror and say, is it time to make a change? And that's my whole point. 404-726-0929. Todd's in Carrollton. Todd, you're in the game. And Todd just dropped and out. And Todd just dropped off. So we'll see if Todd wants to call back and give us some thoughts. All right, Dom, let's hear Coach not taking advantage of the chances against the Lions. And coach, you know what the problem is? Coach was so perturbed by the situation and only scoring six points that he didn't even want to talk about it. He didn't even want to speak about it. He said, you know what? 
This team was a mess on offense, and I'm not even going to give you guys the soundbite that you want. That is, That would be for those scoring at home, Dom, number 20. 20. Okay. See, well, 20 isn't here. That's, 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 oh. that's, that's, see, that's, the a, pro- see, that's a problem. <laughs> when, you, when you go to put a cut in the system and it's not there, is 21 there, Dom? Yes, the it is. We can go to 21. Okay. <laughs> yes. Let's play that one for the audience at home. You know, we, we got behind, got behind off track all day, and uh, it's going to be a recipe for pretty bad offensive football. So we got to get back to work, and we, and I, and I believe in our guys, and we will. But credit to Detroit. They kept us off track all day. Um, too many negative plays on early downs. And so a lot of, lot of third and long is ugly football. Yeah. And a lot of that goes on Desmond Ritter, I'm sorry to say. He wasn't good, man. He wasn't good. The offensive line was arguably worse, but he wasn't good. So that's my problem, guys. I just need Desmond Ritter to play better. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have to be Tom Brady. He doesn't even have to be, you know, Kirk Cousins. Can he be Ryan Tannehill? Can he be Gardner Minshew? That's all that we need him to be. He doesn't need to be better than that. And it just comes down to, to me at the end of the day, he needs to meet the expectations of where this team is. And if he's not, then there's a problem. 404-726-0929. We got Damon in Atlanta. Damon. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Damon? Hey, man. You're being a little too harsh on my boy now. Come on. What what have because, you seen for me to not be harsh, Damon? Come on, he hasn't been good two out of the three games. He's been bad. Okay, okay. So this game, the game when they played against the line, I admit he did look bad. But you got to still understand, he hasn't even played a whole season. He's still you can consider almost a rookie. And Damon, let is, me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you this: What's more important to you, the Falcons winning games or Desmond Ritter's growth as a quarterback? Well, if that was the case for the, for the team, we weren't in a position to go, go get any quarterback. The one we got last year was BS. So my thing right now, we got a young quarterback. Let's give him a chance and see what he can do. And also, the offensive line has played horrible. Yes, they have. Any quarterback back there wouldn't would, would have a chance. Now, just like the coach was saying, you're going to make he's going to make mistakes. But to, up to the time that he played against the Lions, that is the only time he's made mistakes. He hasn't had any interceptions. You got you to gotta put all that in consideration. No, it's Damon, I, I hear you, and I got to let you go because we got to catch a break, but I appreciate the phone call. You make some good points. But at the same time, for me, there's no discussion on this. This is a hard and fast line. If Desmond Ritter is preventing the team from winning games, he is not my quarterback. That's that's it. There's no debate. There's no question. There's no but. There's no offensive line this and lack of sacks that. If he's not helping the team win games, I make the change. This season is about one thing. How many ticks can you put in that win-loss column on the W side? Nothing else matters. Caleb Johnson, Falcons. No, Hawks. Hawks when we get back.
about this show? Please, sir. This is not a joke. No. Back with more of The Other Side of the Glass. All right, I get it. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All tied at 10 now with just under six minutes left in the half. Georgia was driving again, but then they had to settle for a field goal. So a good one so far in the first half. But, you know, Georgia did come in as a 14-point favorite. And once again, the offense not exactly living up to its billing when it comes to playing any sort of real competition, quote-unquote. No disrespect to the UT Martins of the world. But we'll get back into that a little bit later in the show. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Because I am fired up after the events of this week in the world of basketball. So I texted our good buddy Caleb Johnson and I said, please come on. I have to speak with you. He obliged. And now he's here. Caleb, how are you? I'm doing well. I, I am all right. I will say that right now because I've got Georgia and Auburn in front of my face right now. And uh, yeah, like you were talking about, I've, I've been in person the last four weeks to watch this Georgia offense kind of slowly come together. Uh, but when it comes to basketball, I mean, hey, media day is on Monday. I'm ready to go for this Hawks season. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is, Caleb, are the Hawks ready to go for this Hawks season? Because we <laughs> saw a blockbuster trade in the NBA this week. Damian Lillard taking his talents to Milwaukee to team up with Giannis. And I want to approach it from this standpoint. As, Caleb, when I saw that move, it just was – it sort of felt like a slap in the face – for Hawks fans, because it just goes to show you how far away they really seem to be in, in the Eastern Conference with that move cementing Milwaukee as perhaps the top dog. And you look at other teams like the Heat and Philly and Boston and the perennial powers, and it just doesn't seem like with the offseason the Hawks have had that they're going to be any closer than they were last year. Uh Here's the thing. I think we have to remember that last year, who came out of the East in the NBA Finals? Like, we're we're looking at a team who was below, like, like the Hawks beat that Miami Heat team that eventually went on, uh, you know, to, to make it. And obviously that team's looking very different now that they missed out on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. But it, it's one of those situations that did, do I believe Milwaukee improved their team? Yes, uh, but at the same time, like they were the number one seed last year. I mean, they had a really talented team last year. Uh, I think them having to give up Drew Holiday is a big chunk, and I'm very curious to see how that's going to affect their defense, obviously, because that's what we know Drew to be you know, really good at. Um, and I think you know, bringing Lillard in, I mean, that, it makes them more exciting, and I think it's going to be a more fluid offense. It's going to score a lot of points. Uh, but like I said, you know, it kind of gets me back to they were really good last year. Uh, you know, Boston, really good last year. I think they're going to be good once again. So uh, the the frustrating thing, I think, for Hawks fans, and this is something that you and I have talked about, that I, I kind of expected this. Like, I kind of knew um, that the Hawks were going to enter the season right about at the same place they were last year uh, because – there's kind of a, you know, slow building process. You know, nobody wants to hear that, but they just, they didn't, uh, they didn't find the, the kind of value that they wanted to, you know, to, to exchange for um, making a trade in the off season. So they're running it back with a on paper 
team that is probably not as good as last season, but at the same time, um, they're another year older. Uh, they're also an off season under Quinn Snyder, where we already know that Trey and DJ have been out uh, working with Quinn, uh, and and they brought in veterans. You know that was another thing that obviously you, Chris, working with Mike Bell, uh, Mike's been harping on for the last few seasons that this team needs to bring in some veterans, and they did that. You know, I mean, they may not be the big piece veterans that a lot of people would have wanted, but Wesley Matthews and Patty Mills have played a lot of basketball, and they're going to bring in some some insight that can hopefully help out the guards uh, and, you know, and make this a – a middle of the pack team that I think could go out and surprise people uh, depending on how other teams in that Eastern conference play. Okay. So from a basket, with all that being said, from a basketball on the court standpoint, who takes John Collins' spot and how do they make, how do they make up for the production overall that he brought? Um, I, I, it's, it's, it's going to be Jalen Johnson. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, Photos of Jalen this offseason. Certainly um, in shape, yes. Dude is definitely looking yoked, you know, and I and I think it's also really nice to see when a young guy on your team is out training with LeBron James. You know, I feel like getting that kind of insight, it's never going to hurt. Um, and so Jalen's going to slide into that role. Uh, at least that's what I would expect to see um, just because I, I think – the offensive production that Sadiq Bay brings is going to be something that Quinn is going to want on his bench, but I could be wrong and it could end up getting uh, flip-flopped the other way around. However, I just, I think this is what, you know, you, you talk about Landry and the type of players and the type of staff that he's brought in. It's, it's been about development. Quinn Snyder's all about development. They drafted Jalen in order to develop him much like Onyeka Kongu is getting developed in that, you know, that center role. Uh, but now is the time that you trade away a big piece in John Collins, uh, but a piece that, let's be honest, was, was getting in the way a lot of the time, was clogging up the lane, um, wasn't shooting the three consistent enough to spread the floor like the Hawks are looking to this season. Uh, and so as, as much as, he was a talented player. He just didn't seem to fit what this team wants to do moving forward. And I, I think I'll, I'll be very curious to see how Jalen has improved his game in the offseason uh, to see if if what he brings is going to be able to spread the floor to give those opportunities to Trey and DeJounte, um, you know, to, to attack the paint like they want to and, and for this offense to, to get back looking like it did a couple of seasons ago. Talking all things Hawks and NBA with our buddy Caleb Johnson here, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chris Thomas with you till 5.30. Some college football action comes your way then. All right, so let's let's paint a rosy picture here. What in, okay. your, what in your opinion do Trey and DJ need to do on the court together to envision this all-world, all-star backcourt tandem that showed some flashes last year but we all want to see be the standard night in and night out this year. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's anything specifically they need to do between each other besides just like the fact that they've gone 
an entire season. The fact that they've gone an entire off season knowing the type of, especially the, the off season, knowing the type of offense that Quinn's going to want to run, just understanding what each, each other's role is going to be within the offense. Cause you know, we, we've talked a lot about it in the past, but honestly, it just kind of gets overshadowed because we want to move on and, and get frustrated about other things. But like DeJounte came into this team as a point guard and had to take on a secondary role, you know, as that two guard role. And so getting him getting more experience in that role and everyone doing their job. And then we're getting back to, okay, guys have got to shoot well again, like Trey's numbers that he had last season. If this team is going to be successful, he can't have those numbers again this year. Um, so I don't think it's, it's any particularly, you know, like big thing that, that those two guys have got to work on as a, as a tandem. They've just got to perfect their roles. Uh, and the big thing for the Hawks, and this is something that did not happen last season, and I always pointed to two guys uh, on last year's Hawks team that I think really struggled in this idea is you gotta you gotta play a role, do your job, uh, whatever fits best for you know this this team as a whole. You've got to be able to play that role, and I think DeAndre Hunter and John Collins oftentimes last season struggled to do their job that that the team needed them to do the best. So I'm very curious to see how DeAndre Hunter progresses this season, especially after an off season where his name along with John Collins, was constantly circulate, circulating uh, as far as is he going to get moved or is he going to return. They gave him the big money last year, and now it's time for him to play the role that's best for this team uh, and, and also be efficient uh, so that this team can be successful. 41 wins, 43 wins, 41 wins. That's the last three years, and that's sort of the last – iteration of this team that's gotten us to where we are now Caleb can this team win more than that this season yes or no can they yes um and I I honestly I believe that between 41 and 45 is right around where it's going to be I think they're going to be competing you know once again I am sure fans don't want to necessarily hear the reality, at least of what it appears, because of course they can come out and have a 2021 season and shock us all. Um, but that 41 to 45 wins where they're competing for, you know, five, six, seven of whether, you know, whether they're going to have to um, play some extra basketball heading into the postseason, I think is once again kind of where they're at. It's also because they're in a really talented, you know, Eastern Conference um, where, like I said, you're going to have Milwaukee be good again. You're going to have Boston be good again. Uh, I believe Philly is going to be back up there. I'm very curious. All, all of this, you know, a lot of this kind of depends, too, on what happens with Drew Holiday over the next couple of days. And does he move over to the Eastern Con- – or move back to the Eastern Conference uh, and provide, a, you know, kind of another problem? I think New York is going to be talented again. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with Cleveland as whether they can kind of keep their momentum. Um, and then, you know, Brooklyn, after that big trade, uh, what kind of team are they? They, they kept it afloat in order to, uh, to make it into what? That sixth spot, I believe. Um, but are, you know, over a full season, is Mikael Bridges and the rest of those guys going to be good enough? Or is that a spot where 
the Hawks can kind of slide up into. Because I, while on paper I believe this Hawks team is not as necessarily talented as they were last year, um, I don't think there's been any huge drop-off in talent for this team. And then you kind of have to weigh what is the the experience and having Quinn Snyder for a full season going to do for them. So I think in that five, six, seven spots where this team is going to be once again, um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as they build towards what is, you know, expectations after this season, I feel like are going to, to make a, a pretty substantial jump unless they just absolutely fall apart and they're trading off pieces at the trade deadline. And then we're shaking our heads and, and, you know, pulling our hair out and trying to figure out what's next. All right, last one, Caleb. We got about a minute left. The player who will make the most impact on this team this season, not named DeJounte Murray or Trey Young, is? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say Bogey, um, a fully healthy, because if, if we recall, you know, we, we've kind of dealt with, with Bogey especially last season where you just didn't get him for a third of the year um, because he wasn't healthy. He's coming into the year. He's going to be healthy. Um, He's obviously going to be, you know, taking a a real even bigger leadership role on that, uh, on that bench and what he's going to be able to provide along with Trey and DeJounte. um, I think on both ends of the floor is, uh, is going to make his role really, really important. But if I could fit in a guy who could come out and surprise us all, it's it's going to be Jalen. Like I I, I want to know what Jalen's role is going to be. Um, I know a lot of people are really hyped about AJ Griffin. I'm just I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see because Quinn didn't seem like um, AJ necessarily fit everything that he was doing. So it'll be curious to see what AJ's role is going into this year. Um, but so I'm, I'm really, I'm looking at bogey. And then if there was someone behind that, it would be Jalen Johnson. Uh, and could he be the, the piece that helps spread the floor enough uh, that, that the Trey and the rest of these guys can get going with their offense. All right, Caleb, appreciate the time as always enjoy media day. And hopefully we'll both enjoy this second half of dogs and Auburn as it looks like it's going to be 10, 10 going into the half. So we'll see if the dogs can respond. They got me sweating, man. All right, you and me both, brother. All right, Caleb, appreciate it. Our Hawks reporter here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, when we get back, what do you think we're going to do? We're going to talk some football because, duh, of course. We got we got week four tomorrow in the NFL. Joe DeLeon joins me, NFL draft expert as well as college football analyst for the Believe Podcast Network. Caleb Williams, the guy. Come on, of course he is. John Fricky Abe Gordon. And Garrett Chapman coming back, Sports Radio 99. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.